You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. Dave with Fatterday Omaha here. We're doing another in-studio awesome episode talking to people in and around the restaurant industry about, uh, you know, all things happening in their area, things they like to eat, uh, events, changes, and uh, I am very honored to be sitting in the palatial uh, KOS studios now with better microphone arms than we used to have in here. Um, and I am sitting with Ryan Berry of Willie Dogs. Ryan, how you doing? I am wonderful, David. How are you today? I am doing very, very well. Uh, thanks for, you know, coordinating your exceedingly busy schedule, which <laughs> we'll get into in just sure. a second. Yeah. Um, but the, the the life of a restaurant owner is consistently busy, uh, whether that be uh, finances, hiring, uh, plumbing, electrical, and then there's making food. Uh, Right. (laughs) Yeah. The main thing that we're there to do. Yeah. Right. Right. A lot of other things that go along with it. (laughs) That's for sure. Oh, that's awesome. So you and I first met uh, back in 2022, July 20th, which was National Hot Dog Day, if I do recall, which is, is, uh, I happen to be wearing a commemorative t-shirt right now. Just happen to have that on today, huh? And maybe (laughs) maybe a coincidence. uh, You and I looks good on you. Thank you, thank you very much. It's 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 real nice. So uh, (laughs) we we met there because uh, Monolithic Brewing uh, was doing an an anniversary, and uh, also plus National Hot Dog Day, if I recall. Yeah, they were doing like a beer release, and uh, that's National Hot Dog Day. I believe it's the third Wednesday of every July. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah, we, we've partnered with them the last few years and, and had a big old soiree, and it's just been an absolute blast. Yeah, so. that's awesome. So so we actually got to talk on the mics back then um, because of the way that the, the episode worked out. I think only the podcast listeners maybe got to hear that conversation. So this might be the first introduction to the radio audience and podcast audience all at the same time. Yeah. So if for, for those that uh, maybe haven't uh, experienced a, a Willie Dog in its uh, former uh, pop-up and, and cart style versus uh, the brick and mortar. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's, let's do that. How did Willie Dogs come to be? And what the heck is a <laughs> Willie Dog, Ryan? You know, those are great questions. So um, Willie Dogs really came out of um, originally just a love for the city. Um, I'm a born and raised Omaha guy. Uh, I love the city. I feel like the city has raised me. I'm a nerd for the history. And one of the things that I felt was always kind of a frustrating pain point was, you know, New York's got their hot dogs, Chicago's got theirs. And I kind of always felt like we're the home of beef and baseball and we just didn't have our own hot dog. Yeah. Um, So that's what we set out to create with Willie Dogs, Um, a a thing where it's less about what goes on the dog and more about the dog itself. Mm. Um, So this is a handmade, natural casing, cold smoked hot dog. Um, that is our flagship product. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of where where we started. That was the inception of the idea. Um, from there, we had a custom-built hot dog cart little trailer made and, uh, you know, kind of fell into the food truck circuit and kind of kept running with that for the last few years. And uh, it's just grown year over year. We get more and more traction every time we go out. And people start to understand that this isn't your average hot dog cart, average hot dog stand, and yeah. certainly not your average hot dog, um, in addition to the other sausages that we do as well. Um, so talking about leaning into uh, our brick and mortar spot over in Inner Rail in Exarbon. Brand new. Brand new. Um, less than a month that we've been there so far. And it's just been an absolute wonderful ride. Um, we've gotten just a warm welcome over in the Exarbon Village area. And just, I mean, that's such a historic part of Omaha oh, that yeah. it just feels really cool to be part of that. 
Um, and so with the menu over at uh, Inner Rail, we have a little more flexibility. And so we, we've kind of expanded the menu a little bit. Uh, always have some really awesome pretzels on, on, on the menu uh, where you can do them with butter, salt, and cheese, all that. Mm. We also started doing cinnamon roll pretzels. Oh, hello. Yeah, very good. Um, cinnamon rolls and chili apparently is a thing. Maybe in my corner of North Omaha, that was not not a thing, but it, it's a Nebraska thing. And yeah. so uh, we've also put on the menu um, these cinnamon roll pretzels, and you can do that with a bowl of chili, which has been going over really, wow. really well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So when when you started the the carton, like what what were you serving at that time? Like, you know, what was your starter menu? And, and also, when's the official inception of Willie Dogs? When did it come to be year-wise? Yeah. Um, so... To, to answer the first part of that, um, the, the, the Willie Dog itself, that handmade hot dog, is kind of what we started with. That was the thing that really was we were trying to put on the map and set ourselves uh, apart from just about anybody else that's ever tried to do this. Yeah. Um, and so w- with that product, it kind of slowly you know, grew and grew. I left my full-time job uh, in November of 2019. 2019. Um, did our soft opening February 22nd oh. of 2020. So <laughs> oh, no. I've always been one for brilliant timing, you know. So that's uh, <laughs> it seems pretty par for course for me. Yeah. Um, and obviously we know how difficult that was for the whole world. Yes. Um, we kind of put things on the back burner for a little bit. Uh, my wife is a teacher. Our son mm. was in kindergarten at the time. Mm. So you know, kind of switched over to kind of become Mr. Mom a little bit and kind of had to shift and be agile and kind of roll with the punches because, I mean, the whole world had no idea what was happening during that time. Right. And we certainly didn't. By starting a new business, it was like, whoa, how do we how do we survive this? And uh, I'm very fortunate that I have an amazing support system around me. I have an amazing wife who's a teacher in, in Omaha uh, with OPS Schools. Ah, shout out OPS. And, yep, absolutely. And uh so without that support system, I don't think there'd be a Willie Dogs today, but um, we were able to kind of put things on the back burner just for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then about mid-June, um, randomly, it was COVID. Everybody was reading a lot and trying to better themselves. I was doing the same. Happened to pop into Next Chapter Books um, or the Next Chapter over off 25th and Farnham. Oh, okay. And uh, Shelly, the owner there, is one of the most amazing people I've ever met. And uh, her daughter actually works with Willie Dogs now, which is super oh, cool. Right so we're a big family. But uh she goes, you know, um, next weekend, I believe it was, uh, at the time, was Independent Bookstore Day. And she goes, hey, would you want to maybe come out and do some stuff? And I went, all right, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of spiraled and snowballed since then. Um, wow. Somebody there knew somebody at Pint Nine and Cross Train, and we got to kind of fall in the food truck circuit there. And somebody there had an event for us and an event for us, and it just kind of kept going. And so... Um, it, it really, really took off kind of kind of out of nowhere. Um, I mean, there was a lot of work involved on, in it, obviously. And, sure. Um, but just the reception that we've had every every next step of the way has just been that much more encouraging to keep moving forward. Wow. So, so you said you quit your, your job to start Willie Dogs. What, yeah. what were you doing b- before? Yeah. So um, I worked in the finance world for a long time. Okay. Uh, I worked for the, the big green bank uh, ah, downtown. Yes. And yes, then yes. Uh, then I moved to the other finance company, the big green <laughs> building off of 108th, which uh-huh. that's how I met Danelle, the Omaha fatty. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so Danelle okay. and I go back a number of years. Um, you know, we definitely spent many a times in the lunchroom at at that big green building, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. daydreaming about where our lives might go with his, uh, you know, his social media uh, campaigns that he's been working on, and gotcha. this crazy idea that I didn't even have at the at that time, but just knew we wanted to do something for ourselves, kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, after COVID and, and everything kind of started to spiral, we just kind of held held on and just kept uh, wow. kept running with it, and uh, now that leads us to. 
we have four trailers actually. Um, oh my so gosh. three little hot dog cart trailers, one kind of bigger enclosed trailer that's more like College World Series bigger events. Okay. Um, and we just recently uh, finished up some work on uh, it's like a high roof ProMaster van uh, being turned into a little mini food truck because we don't need a lot of space and yeah. it seems to work out really well for us. How cool is that? So, Lots of fun. So things are constantly happening. And I, I, we've been doing this show for over five years now, but I love coming back to see how people's journeys are, are changing. And especially when things are going well, that <laughs> sure. I, I'm kind of the eternal optimist guy. So I love to kind of follow Same. along that, but, yeah. but you know, weathering, weathering challenges is part of life too. Um, so what kind of pushed you into, Hey, let's, let's make this thing a, a brick and mortar because we don't have another dog restaurant around. Not anymore. that I'm aware of. We had B&B uh, classic oh, dog. Shout which, out to B&B. Oh, so, so awesome. Diane, yeah. Diane down there. Um, my goodness, we we love her. Chicago Dog for a while was oh on. in Midtown there, yeah. They well yeah they right they were in Midtown and then they they long time ago they used to be on 108th and Maple and they were doing Chicago oh, Dogs yeah. and, and stuff I like that. About so that. yeah, so yeah. So what what made you say hey we need a we need a hot dog place? Yeah, well again, kind of what I you know harken back to what I was talking about before. Um, I have a lot of pride for the city. Yeah, um, I mean. Omaha has such unique things to offer, and there's such a deep, rich, rich history here that um, I just really wanted to be a part of because I'm just a nerd for the history, really. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the a lot of the the push to kind of continue to grow this thing um, was really I just want to be able to give back to the city as mm-hmm. much as I feel I've taken from the city and how much the city has kind of just raised me and nurtured me throughout my many years on this planet. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, that was, all, that's always the motivation to grow and to move and, and to just make something bigger and better. And, and with, uh, with the spot and inner rail, um, I was very fortunate that a, uh, an individual, um, that I was on the culinary competition team with here in Nebraska, culinary team, Nebraska, uh-huh. shout out. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, his name is Wes. He's an amazing individual, and um, Interrail was actually looking to do their own hot dog concept. Oh, um, so it wasn't necessarily a Willie Dogs idea. Uh huh. And they reached out to me um, specifically just to source our Willie Dogs, these handmade local dogs that you can't get anywhere else. And yeah. uh, within a few minutes conversation um, between me and the the powers that be over Interrail, kind of became clear to both sides that maybe we should just do a Willie Dogs here because yeah. you know I mean this is kind of the direction we're going. I certainly wasn't looking for a brick and mortar, at least this year. Yeah, uh, We had some other things in, in the works, uh, some chef things I was doing on the side, some growth with Willie Dogs, maybe a new concept in there that Ooh, hello. We'll, we'll let you know eventually. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, hit me up on the DMs. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, having that conversation, it came became just real clear that maybe this would be a really good fit for Willie Dogs. Um, we felt like our price point and what we're offering really kind of suits that neighborhood. Yeah, it's a lot of college kids. It's a lot of yeah. just you know your your blue collar guys going to work every day in that neighborhood. And, um, and so we we thought maybe us coming in there, having as many ties to the community as that that we do, um, and just trying to come in with a really high quality product at a really good value and fast, um, which is sure. a huge part of what we do. Is everything is very quick. Um, orders our ticket times hover around a minute. So I oh mean, my we're, gosh, we we try to get them out as fast as possible. Fast food eat your heart out. That's <laughs> it. Bring it on, McDonald's. We're faster than you. So. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of kind of how Interrail came about, and we've been there um, almost a month now, and it's been nothing but an amazing journey. Um, the staff there at Interrail, um, you just couldn't ask for better people to be around. Everybody that's in the Interrail, all the other uh, vendors, restaurants, whatever yeah. you like to call them, 
there's just not a bad bite of food in the house. And it's, it's just a really awesome little foodie community that we're just incredibly stoked to be a part of. Yeah. You can go get Momo and a hot dog all in the that's same That's it. Location. That's it. See, now my guys are Zaytuna. Those are my oh, buddies right next there door. You go. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but you should be. They are Love amazing. It. Ahmad that runs it. Um, one of the most amazing people I've ever met. I know I'm using that word a lot today, but it's very true. Um, he is from uh, Syria originally, grew up in Jordan, came here, finished high school, started a food truck at 19, and at 22, he runs a food truck and a brick-and-mortar restaurant. Wow. Um, serving the most amazing, just incredible uh, Mediterranean food. Like, I dream about his lentil soup. Nice. Who dreams about lentil soup? I yeah. Mean, and that's just such a random thing, but it's so good. Oh. So, yeah, just not a bad bite of food in the house over there, and it's just it's a really awesome little family that we have. Uh, a word uh, about a year and a half ago that you said in our original conversation has stuck with me. And I think I, I know what it is. So I've stolen it from you because I really like it. And that's hyper local. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I love that because it really ties into what you do with your food and, and kind of your philosophy. And I love that. And so you have some local partnership for the ingredients and the, the willy dog itself. Mm -hmm. So what are your kind of, you know, hyper local tie-ins? Cause that's kind of what we do here is spotlight local restaurants, whether that be in Omaha or wherever, but we're looking for, you know, the little, little spots here. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that because I think <clears throat> the name you might drop here might be kind of well known in the Omaha area. Yeah. There's a couple names that you might know. Um, we have the world's greatest bakery right here in Omaha and that's Rotella's bakery. Nice. Um, it's the only only bread that we've ever even considered using i don't we never even thought about asking someone else um and what really solidified that partnership is when i called and said hey i'm ryan you don't know me i have this hot dog thing it's weird but this is what i want to do <laughs> and uh they were like yeah sure let me get you to jim rotella and i was like oh okay wow his name's on the sign right <laughs> yeah most definitely and uh, i met with jim and i walk in and in his office he's just got all these samples laid out on his conference table and he's like all right what do you want let's let's check them out and uh wow. just to have that type of reception and that like um you know engagement into this this idea that i had um because a lot of a lot of these conversations in the beginning with these partners these business partners um were very early in the, in the inception of willie dogs where I mean, I think when I first went to uh, Stoysich, is who makes our dogs for us, Frank yeah, Stoysich Meats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, when I first went to them, uh, there wasn't really any hesitation. It was like, yeah, yeah, we can do this. Let's do this. And oh, cool. Yeah, it just like I don't even think I had the hot dog cart at the time when I first <laughs> started having that conversation. I just I really knew what I wanted to create. Um, and to harken back to that word, hyper local um, is definitely something that we take a lot of pride in. We're not only a small local business, um, but we try to source everything locally as well, from the bread to our sausages to having Stoysich make our willy dogs for us. Yeah. Um, and just trying try to partner with local farms, too, when we can to get any produce that we can get from them. Um, you're rocking an awesome willy dog shirt. That was printed right in Elkhorn over at CI Shirts. They do all of our stuff for us. And we just try to keep it in the community as much as possible. That's that's wonderful. And I, I've been a fan of uh, and, and my family, you know, Stoishish for years uh, and, you know, love their mini Polish over there is, is so delicious. Fantastic. And, yeah. And such a great place. Just it's just fun to go in there and pick out some stuff and, and find something maybe you haven't seen before. Um, and, you know, what a nice small yet just big enough shop for, for everything. So I've never developed a hot dog before. <laughs> How do you go about developing a hot dog? Or did Stoishish like, 
put five sausages before you and say, try these? Or like, how does that even work? <laughs> yeah. So um, in the very beginning, um, we worked with the other stoicage uh, uh-huh, in Omaha. Uh-huh. And um, it, it was a lot of back and forth. It was, hey, make let's let's try this seasoning and do 25 pounds. And then I'd take it to my buddy's house at a Husker game or something and say, <laughs> all right, guys, which ones taste better? And so after several months of kind of narrowing that down, we got down to what we really thought was a pretty darn good dog. Yeah. Um, and then it was shortly after that, we moved over to Frank's Stoicich Meats. Oh, okay. Um, and kind of throw them the recipe and say, hey, this is what we're looking at doing. And uh, Thomas Stoicich over there is one of the greatest people I know. And he just goes, yeah, let's do it. And in fact, I was just there this morning picking oh up more stuff. So, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah, great wow. people. So, so worked with them a lot of, a lot of hot dog, a lot of tasting, feeding your friends. Yes. Uh, <laughs> those type of things. I know I was talking to uh, Colin Atkinson from uh, Moots Pizza. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's kind of how he started with his brother Kane was uh, as far as figuring out the pizza was just making pizzas for the neighborhood and going, you know, giving them away or whatever. How is this? Absolutely. Is this any good? So, um, you know, starting. I mean, there's no better feedback than true market feedback. If you can go oh, to a yeah. group of people and say, all right, give me honest feedback. Um, and that, that honesty is something we always look for too. So it, we welcome any and all feedback at Willie Dogs at all times. So. Yes, yes. And, and please uh, talk to the Willie Dogs staff uh, directly. You don't need to go, I don't like this hot dog on social media. Go go see them first. Um, yeah. and, and let I'll them buy your first going. one if you're skeptical. There you go. I got you. I, I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. I'm and, confident uh, in what we put out. I, I, I think that that's a good call. That's yeah, a really we good had call. A, we had an individual on social media that uh, – I believe the comment was uh, looks too expensive or it's too expensive. And I, I didn't even have to say anything. Apparently our fans caught onto that and there was a, a, a maybe a backlash a little bit that was <laughs> like, well, what would you expect to pay for a handmade local hot dog or handmade sausage? You know, like, well, what do you expect? And I finally chimed in and just said, I tell you what, you guys come by, I'll buy whatever you want and then let me know what you think. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause this is not uh, something that rhymes with, far s uh a package no, 99 cent hot no, dog definitely not at the low 12. shelf in the in the yeah. in the meat counter there you yeah, know yeah exactly <laughs> there's so. a time and place for all those though Heck you know yeah. oh, I've roasting had... them over the fire in the backyard yeah get the cheapos i uh, mean i may have been known to microwave one and throw it on a slice of bread with ketchup you gotta you gotta you're do what good you gotta company. do you're yeah. in good company yeah. here but yeah. if you're but if you're looking for that next step above that's kind of what you're what you're trying to do so yeah i think one of the one of the best reviews we had it was kind of early in our career, if you will, early in our venture, yeah. Um, somebody said, uh, this tastes like the grown-up version of what you love. Ooh. And I was like, you know, all right, wow. I can get behind that. Because yeah. that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's it still is a hot dog, but it's it's a little bit cut above. That's that's really what, and actually, I mean, that's a lot of those things that you search for in food is is that, you know, memory and, and things like that. Nostalgia. And nostalgia. Yeah. And can't beat that. That's, right. that's fantastic. Right. So on a Willie dog, I mean, you can just get a hot dog on a bun, which Absolutely. is a great thing. Yeah. But I believe the, the Willie dog classic or the original. The Willie way. Thank you. Yeah. Has a specific topping loadout. Um, I was able to try that, but uh, I'll, I'll ask you to tell the story of of the loadout there. What's yeah, on it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the Willie Dog Willie Way. So at, at Willie Dogs at our brick and mortar and on the food truck for that matter, um, you can kind of pick your sausage and then pick your style. So what you want on top of it. And we have you know there's chili and cheese. We got sauerkraut. We partner with Cross Strain to do a fairy nectar IPA mustard, Ooh, yeah. um, which is incredible. And we've done that for the last few years. Um, and then the the Willie Way, which is by far our number one seller. Um, so that is our handmade hot dog on a Rotella's bun, of course. 
um, with what we call brown sugar onions. Hello. Yeah, so uh, real simple. We dice up some onions, uh, slow simmer them with a little bit of butter, brown sugar, a pinch of salt, and that's kind of about it. Um, so they kind of still retain some of that texture. Um, and then we have our sauce mm-hmm. uh, that we call Willy Good Sauce. Nice. You know, because it's Willy, Willy Good. Willy Willy Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that uh, we describe as kind of a mild horseradish aioli. So okay. um, there's a little bit of our seasoning blend, uh, some horseradish in it. Uh, pretty mild, though. It's pretty approachable. Um, and that's the Willy Dog Willy Way. Definitely our number one seller. And the brown sugar, I was able to try some of the dogs uh, way yeah, back National about a year ago. Day, yeah. National Hot Dog Day. Um, and I, I like that move on the onions, a little different than just a standard, you know, chopped onion. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But kind of your, place, your yeah. own twist on it, which is very, very cool. Yeah, just so. something to kind of set it apart a little bit. Um, I really liked how the sweetness really worked with uh, the snap of the casing and just yeah. kind of how it all popped together. And uh yeah, it seems to be a re- really good combo. We get nothing but good feedback on it, so that's fantastic. Good. And if somebody is, because uh, and and uh, you know, full disclosure, I haven't made it down to the brick and mortar yet. So, what other sausage options are available? We talked about the the cinnamon pretzels and some of those other things, but you yeah. said there was another type of sausage on it. Yeah. There so, um, so on the menu at all times is our handmade hot dog, the Willie Dog. Um, also on the menu is a quarter pound uh, smoked Polish sausage. That's oh, hickory smoked, hello. partnering with Stoysich, of course. Uh, because you have to. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a third sausage that we kind of always rotate. Um, we've, we've done all sorts of stuff already. We've been there less than a month, and we've done a handful of different things. We've done, uh, like, real German brats. Um, we've done an Italian sausage with some different sauces and things on that. Yeah. Um, we did an autumn brat, we called it. Ooh. So that was a brat uh, that Thomas kind of came up with. Um, and that's uh, with pumpkin puree and, like, warming spices. Wow. Um, and that sold out really quickly. Um, right now on the menu, uh, in addition to the Willy Dog and the Smoke Pola Sausage, we have a Burnt End Sausage Link. Uh, yum. And you heard that right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Yeah, roll that back. I yeah. Again. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Record that again. Yes. Um, so we, we have a special on the menu right now with that sausage that we're calling the Maverick because we are so close to UNO. And yeah. Again, we're Omaha people. Um, so the Maverick is our Rotella's bun little bit of barbecue sauce, that burnt end link, um, some coleslaw that we do a little bit thicker so it kind of holds up a little bit, and oh, then cool. a spicy mustard. So it's been selling really well. That's wonderful. So obviously, um, and, and again, nothing wrong with the, the classic iteration on a dog on bun, but we're talking about you know brown sugar onions. We're talking about burnt end dogs and, and things like that. So somewhere in the mix, uh, you and I communicating, uh, I found out that you, through all of this, decided to go to culinary school. What <laughs> yeah. what happened there? I mean, and awesome. Yeah. So tell me about that. What why and and how did that go and what was that like? Uh it was awesome. It was awesome. Um I kind of always equated it to like I always thought I was a pretty darn good golfer until I had my first golf lesson. <laughs> and then then you realize all the things you're either maybe doing wrong or mm-hmm. you could do better or more efficiently. Um, and that's kind of how I viewed culinary school. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of important in our family to always kind of be present where your feet are. Yeah. So not retrospective, like none of the I could have, should have, would have things. Um, but there is a certain part of me that's like, maybe I should have just went to culinary school a long time ago. Sure. But I didn't. And I started a food truck. Uh, in a few years into owning the food truck, I decided to go to culinary school here at Metro um, at the ICA, which is one of the greatest culinary schools in the country. I mean, people awesome. travel all over the world to come here. Um, so I was very fortunate to be able to go through that program. Um, and I did that all while kind of running the business too. So that wow. was quite challenging. Um, 
but I, I got what I wanted out of it, like for sure. Um, I, I was able to sharpen my skills. I was able to broaden my, you know, culinary horizons, if you will. Yeah. Um, the networking alone, um, the chef instructors there are world class and chefs. They have just an Im- immense amount of knowledge and experience. Um, and so, I mean, I would really say that that's the biggest, most beneficial portion of culinary school um, was just being able to be in the same room with some of these chefs that you just wouldn't be able to be in the room without them um, or with, you know, in any other scenario yeah. um, and just being able to pick their brain and just just listen and be a sponge and soak in everything that I could possibly soak in um, kind of went hard in the paint on the, the classes. So, I mean, there was a lot of 8 a.m.s to 11 p.m. days um, wow. trying to just do as many classes as I could um, because as a business owner, it was more advantageous for me to be incredibly busy for a shorter period of time than moderately busy for a long mm. period of time, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Um, so I really like hit it head on um, and just took every class I could possibly take, maxed wow. out my schedule. Um, it was tiring for sure. Yeah. Culinary school can be difficult. It's, it can be an intense environment. Um, but what I found was the benefit that I was getting out of it most certainly outweighed uh, the time that I was that I was spending or the time that it, away from the business or away from family or anything like that. It was yeah. just a great benefit to me overall um, to the point where anybody that does work for me, I highly encourage them to go to culinary school and we will certainly help pay for that in any way that we could possibly do um, just because I see the, the great benefit of it. So I, I know that Metro has several different programs they have you know uh, a program focused on pastry they have one that's more i think uh management restaurant management oriented um so they have a few different tracks Mm -hmm. that are available there what what track did you follow um and about how long did it take you to to move through your schooling yeah so um I, uh, I I went through the culinary side, what we call the savory side. Uh-huh. Um, so we we in the in that small group we call it savory and sweet. So you're either getting a culinary degree or you're getting a baking and pastry degree. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, I uh, I went through the culinary side because um, I just felt it was more applicable to what I was you know looking to do or what I was really looking to get out of it. Sure. Um, I did find a love of baking that I never knew I was going to find. Um, my baking basics instructor, her name is Chef Alice Smith. Um, she was a uh, instructor at Westside for, or a teacher at Westside for many years. Oh, cool! Um, and now is an instructor over at Metro, and uh, just something about her teaching style and her uh, her approach to things that's very, um, very kind of cut and dry. Some people may not in, enjoy that environment, but I do. I like that kind of black and white. Tell me yes or no. Um, but what I really got out of, of of her class was a lot of the why behind mm, things. Yeah. Um, again, being a sponge and being surrounded by some of these incredible chefs that just have this amount of knowledge that one can only get through duration of time. Yeah. Um, it was just amazing to ask a question and not only get an answer immediately because you know that the instructor knows the answer, but they also are willing to explain the why behind things. So it's not just a do as I say, it's no, this is why this works this way, or this is why your cake fell or why your frosting didn't work or whatever it may be. Um, so as much as I went through the culinary side of it, uh, I really found a love of, of the baking and pastry thing through her class. Um, I, I took about a year um, to, co- to go through the whole program. Um, I did have a couple classes left that uh, just time-wise was not going to work out for me. Um, sure. One of them was like a, uh, being a student manager of the bistro down there. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great thing. I wish I would have been able to you know go through it, but 
time-wise, um, I'm already managing multiple people and locations and things, so it just kind of got a little bit difficult to uh, to complete a couple of those last things. But um, one of the other chef instructors there, uh, I kind of sat down with her and was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm getting real overwhelmed, and I'm kind of at the end of the program, and the business is moving in a direction that's taking more and more of my time. And uh, the response to me was, well, look at it and go, well, what did, did you accomplish what you set out to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, my, my goals were to sharpen my skills, mm-hmm. broaden my horizons and, and network and really uh, develop my, my being as a chef. Yeah. Um, I mean, on paper, I might have been a chef before that because of mini development and, and costing and all the things that they say makes a chef. But uh, sure. it wasn't until I really got through the bulk of the program to where I felt comfortable saying, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a chef. I can do this. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you, you hit on a word there that I think often differentiates or, or is said to differentiate a, a cook from a chef, and that's the why. Why does this happen? Why, you know, why does an emulsion work? Um, right. You know, how, what happens if I make a popover? What, you know, how do I do these things or, or whatever? And there's, you know, it's the... The, the whys, the what's, and the wherefores, and then I suppose also being ready to be uh, the boss, you know, <laughs> of the kitchen and, yeah. and, and those things. There's a lot more things. But my goodness, so that's that's fantastic. And it was it, a great experience. Oh, Wouldn't change it for the world. That's wonderful. And, yeah. and you know, you had mentioned the uh, uh, pastry arc there, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be invited out as part of uh, taste testing the final projects from the pastry students. Oh, fantastic, there. yeah. Wow. Now, first of all, if anybody ever goes out there to do that, you better bring your appetite. (laughs) And I can be pretty hungry from time to time. But my goodness, I think there were probably, I'm going to go for eight, I think eight different students. And they each had to do like a bread, a chocolate. um, Oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember that there were several different iterations of things that they had to do. They had to um, describe the... um, you know the why they picked i think one might have been a historical dessert or something like that yeah, or, or yeah. you know a some something with cultural significance and so they had to do all the the paperwork behind it to describe it they had to present it mm-hmm. and then they had to bake like you know stuff upon stuff and make stuff upon stuff because within all, a certain amount of time yes yeah. yes and then do this beautiful spread and i ended up in because there's no way i was going to be able to eat everything. So I, I went and talked to the students and said, okay, you know, what is the thing that you either had the most fun with or that meant the most to you? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was trying to, you know, make a connection there. I, I love connections through food. That's just one of the things we try to do with the show is, is connect with food, both literally and, and figuratively <laughs> as, as we are now. Um, but uh, I, I guess what does the, from the savory side, because I've seen the final on the pastry side because I got to eat the final. It was delicious. <laughs> uh, what kind of what happens on the savory side? Because I, I don't know. Yeah, um, very similar, um, very similar. So um, every class that you take um, at, at, through your culinary degree, um, there's going to be some sort of midterm, some sort of final, mm. and, which is vastly different than than a normal college final. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of our a lot of our finals are, um, you know, you get two hours and these are the things that you have to present. Um, one of the things that really gets kind of pushed into during culinary school is uh, what we call industry standard, mm. right? So industry standard is um, if, if I tell you that this is a lemon poppy seed muffin, 
it better taste exactly like a lemon poppy seed muffin. Mm. That's industry standard. So that's the that's the baseline. That's mm-hmm. the starting point, mm-hmm. right? So everything's got to be perfect every time, um, which can also lead itself to kind of a you know a, an intense environment. Um, because a lot of times in those worlds, uh, you may only hear what you did wrong mm-hmm. um, because the expectation is that it was perfect every time. Sure. Um, so that can be very, uh, um, very intense, very, you know, emotionally intense for a lot of students. Um, but if you just take it as, uh, you know, it's a learning environment and you're in culinary school to make the mistakes and to learn and to, again, understand the why. Why did this emulsion break? Why did this not happen this way? And how do you fix it going forward? Mm. Um, so a lot, of those, uh, a lot of those finals are like that. Um, about halfway through your culinary career, uh, you do what they call 1999, okay. um, which is like your kind of midway point um, exam, right? And ah. so... Um, it may have changed by now, but when I did it, it was over four different days. Okay. Um, and each day was a specific thing. So there was like a chicken day. Um, and you start with a whole chicken and you fabricate it according to what they want you to fabricate and to this list. Um, and then each component of that um, gets prepared in a certain way, whether it's a chicken tender or, um, you know, a braised dish or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and then all of that gets tasted and graded and um, but it's not just the food that you present. It's everything that goes along with it. It's how clean your station is. It's your sanitation mm. prop, your, um, practices. It's, uh, it's really all encompassing. Um, they look at your waste, like how much did you put in your compost bin? Mm. Because um, one of the tenets of being a chef is waste nothing. You know, you taste everything and you waste nothing. Um, and so all of those components kind of combine to give you this final grade. Um, and, it, and it's really just this all-encompassing um, I don't know, exercise, if you will, that give your chef instructors um, the ability to say, yep, this person's good and they can move on, or maybe we need a little bit more work on this, um, which in either one is is totally fine. It's, sure. it's actually, I would think, sometimes more beneficial to hear, hey, this isn't right. Let's try this again. Um, because if you're not going to learn it in culinary school, when are you going to have the opportunities to learn and make mistakes? Because by the time you get into industry and you walk into your chef's kitchen, you're not allowed to mess up chicken after chicken. You better do it right every time. So um, so that's kind of what those tests and those finals look like. Um, there are also a bunch of other classes like purchasing and cost management mm. and uh, leadership classes and all sorts of things that lend themselves uh, to just being in the industry. Um, and all of those have different projects towards the end. Um, but tasting everything is a big part of what what chefs do, especially in culinary school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's evident by like the probably 15 to 20 pounds I gained during that. <laughs> um, that's for sure. Because I mean, it, everybody's excited about what they're making. And if it tastes good, you want everybody to taste it. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's always food around, there's always things going on. And as you know, going through uh, that tasting thing with the finals for those pastry students, um, there, there's a lot of food all the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, God bless some of those, <laughs> some of those uh, instructors, because I'm sure that they have had things where they've had to taste it and go, oh, no, I don't want this. <laughs> um, but hopefully on the verse side, they've tasted a few things and went, oh, now that guy's a chef, he's going to make it. So, that's, yeah, that's wonderful. And that's, there's a lot of aspects that you mentioned in there that I, I don't think are in everybody's consciousness or, or the forefront of, of when they're thinking about, you know, you go to a restaurant and something shows up on the plate, you know, and the, and the other thing that you kind of mentioned in there, too, is, you know, wanting everybody to taste your food or, th- you know, those things. The restaurant hospitality industry and connecting with food and having people enjoy your food, I think, is a, a huge, huge part of that. And so being able to accept feedback gracefully for something that you put your time and care in and created something from raw ingredients, 
That's got to be a challenge a little bit, I think, too. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's certainly nerve-wracking at times. Um, I mean, there, there's no greater compliment, at least to me, or I would imagine to any chef, of creating a dish, creating an item, having somebody eat it and really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just, there's no better feeling in what we do. Um, but there's also the verse side of that where <laughs> like people expect it to be right when you get to that point. Um, and so, again, when you do something that is very personal and is very um, emotionally taxing, physically taxing, mm-hmm. um, and if it doesn't come out at the end, I mean, that definitely weighs on you. I mean, there's still things that I messed up in culinary school that I think about almost every day oh, that no. I'm like, <laughs> I could have done better. I should have done better or whatever. Um, but th- again, the important thing is to grow from all of it and make those mistakes. And it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to, you know, try again. And it's all in how you handle it and how you get up from it and, and move forward. So You had mentioned, you know, tasting your food as you cook consistently. I've heard that uh, chefs can get pretty attached to specific tasting spoons or so I've heard. Yeah. So what's, what's the, do you have any insight into that or do you, do you just have a pile of tasting spoons like <laughs> you know i don't know that i have a specific tasting spoon that i thoroughly enjoy <laughs> or or keep close but there's always spoons around for sure um i i would definitely say that there's a bigger personal connection to your knives mm-hmm. than anything else yeah um i mean your knives are extensions of you and uh there's not a chef out there that doesn't have calluses from how they hold their knives um and so those are very personal like, I mean, it's like you don't take a cowboy's hat, you don't take a chef's knife. Like, it's just that's the way it goes. Love it. Um, but I think that I think that the personalities in the culinary world, in the chef world, um, th- there's a lot of lines and threads that can be pulled through everybody's personality. Mm. Um, there's certainly a lot of OCD. There's a lot of ADHD. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that may be hindrances in other parts of your life but lend themselves very well uh, to the culinary world because it is a very detail-oriented thing. Yeah. Like how you salt something can completely change how that dish comes out. Mm. Um, and I'm not talking over-salted or under-salted. I'm saying where your hand is when you salt something. If you're up high, it's going to bounce around and spread more. If you're closer, it's more concentrated. Mm. Um, so just those little things like that. Um, I get very particular on like the salt that I use uh-huh. because um, I know how it feels in my fingers. Yeah. So I know exactly how much my pinch is and I know how much that's going to add and, and change my dish. Um, so, yeah, as far as taste spoons, I'm not, I'm not real sure. Knives, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, tweezers, when you're in the fine dining world, uh, to making it look all, you know, pretty um, is, is definitely a, a big one. Um, there are certain pans, certain pots and pans that I'm like, no, nah, that's mine. Don't touch it. You know, <laughs> like that's the one I use for that specific thing. Um, but uh, I, I think um, a lot of it just comes down to um, eliminating anything that that could be a distraction or anything that could be a hurdle for you. So yeah. um, there's the the phrase that we all live and breathe by in the culinary world, and that's mise en place, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you've heard from other chefs at this point. It means everything in its place or right. everything has its place. Um, it's very applicable to all of your life. Um, I mean, mise en place can be how you organize your morning to get your kids out the door. Um, It could be how you actually organize your own kitchen. It could be how you organize um, a craft project or anything that you're working on. Um, And the goal is that everything is in its place um, so that there's no guesswork. And when it comes time for the show time, when it comes time for service, everything's within reach, everything's prepped, everything's ready to go. 
Um, and so that I think for me, if, if there was something that I'm really like particular about, it's yeah. where everything is. So I know for a fact this squeeze bottle or this onion or this whatever is in the exact same place every time. That's wonderful. And, and that is something, and I just to be clear, I am not a chef. I am an amateur home cook. Um, so, but as I've been uh, over the years kind of developing even my home cooking skill, that's so important. I was just talking to my, my wife last night, and uh, I actually ended up cooking three dishes right right in a row. I had a chuck roast that I was braising, um, and then I had uh, some cornmeal breaded chicken that I was doing in the air fryer, and then I, uh, for my son, I made him some uh, stir-fried noodles in the wok. And so I was like, sounds like a culinary school final. <laughs> really? <laughs> it, it, was, it was so interesting because it was one of those things where I got to the end of doing that all. And I'm like, my gosh. And, and I don't have, you know, <clears throat> half the tricks of the, the, the trade or the education. But it was so interesting just doing that time after time. And I got to the end and I went, oh, the, the kitchen is not a total wreck. I made it right. out the other side and, and we're OK here. But uh, focusing on, on the walk for a moment and a and, uh, great book out there, uh, Breath of the Walk. It's awesome read. I will pick it up. It's, yeah. it's a good one. I'll, I'll even loan it to you if you just want to borrow it. I'm in. Um, but uh, she uh, talks, uh, Grace Young, I believe, is the author. Oh, yeah. And um, but uh, uh, her and then the other book that I really dig is by Jet Tila, 101 Asian Dishes to Cook Before You Die. Fantastic. Uh, great yeah. read. But uh, it's, you know, that mise en place is so important because you've got that wok ripping hot. And if your meat, vegetables and noodles and sauces aren't ready to go, you're, you're just going to, oh, you're going to burn. It's just yep. done. And yep. so that's a, a really good point. Um, I did want to reel back a little bit to the, the salt. You said you had a preferred <laughs> salt. So I also hear that there's quite the debate. And by the way, this show is not sponsored or underwritten by any <laughs> salt providers. Let's be clear. There's the Morton Kosher Salt School and then like the Red Diamond Side Kosher Salt School. So I don't know if either one of those are your favorite salt or do you have a favorite salt that I'm you like? I'm a blue box to? guy. You're a blue box guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I, I could be completely wrong on this, but um, I've heard that there are some strikes happening in salt mines. Oh, my. So salt has been difficult to get. Um, oh, our no. lovely restaurant depot has been out of the, the good kosher salt for, uh -huh. for months now. Um, and so being particular about my salt is yeah. a little difficult to be uh, particular right now. But, um, yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, – I think I'm on the blue box, on the blue box camp. Okay, yeah, okay. So. Yeah, there's the if I have my choice. Moving from finance to a food truck to I'm going to open a brick and mortar and then I'm going to go to culinary school at the same time. Have any of those things that you've learned start to apply to – the brick and mortar to the business now? Are there any, you know, elements that you're pulled out of that? You're like, aha, I can use this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think uh, obviously the mise en place side of it and yeah. making sure that that's right. I mean, that's something that we've always done, maybe uh, not knowing that's exactly what we were doing. Sure. Um, but it's definitely plays a bigger part these days. Um, and a lot of, um, I would say a lot of the organization mm. um, kind of tactics or strategies um, that I learned um, via like our casual dining class, which is the lunch that happens in the bistro down there, um, or in the fine dining class, which is the dinners that happen in the bistro. Um, it just kind of learning from those chefs, um, the chef that teaches the fine dining class, um, Chef Davis, he's just a great person all around. I just, I mean, to be a sponge around him is, is exhilarating. 
Um, but just kind of watching him work and how he flows through his prep list and um, and all of that has really impacted how we approach our prep um, and in our inventory and just kind of kind of everything along those lines. Um, going back even further to like the first real culinary class that I took, which was the intro to professional cooking, which is mm. what everybody takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my chef uh, there, the instructor there was Chef Doug Crisman. He's I, I just love the guy. He's I love awesome. everything we've, about him. You've chatted him with him. Show. Yeah, yes. yeah. I love Doug so much. He's just a great person all around. Um, and I, I would think, I, I would say that more so than maybe any um, like technique or any like specific, Yeah. Um, it's more what I really got from a lot of these instructors was more of the environment, that mm. attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Anybody who's watched any number of shows or movies, uh, The Bear and all these other crazy ones, just assume that every kitchen is absolute chaos and we're just throwing plates and, you know, a lot of four-letter words going around. Um, But they're working very difficult to change that narrative. Mm. Um, Doug is doing an amazing job there. Chef Davis does a great job with all Mm of that. Um, And I think that that's probably been the biggest impact is – that's how we've always operated with them in Willie Dogs, um, but now I feel like it's kind of backed up by the education that's being put into the world too. Yeah. Um, so when somebody does come to work for for us or with us, um, it's not that environment. It's not the I'm chef and this is the way it goes. It's no, there's no hierarchy. This is a horizontal organization, and we all get to work together. So that's I think awesome. that's probably one of the bigger things that I've taken from all of that culinary school experience. That's awesome. So so more like a hot dog, a, a horizontal. Uh, everybody's you that's know it. helping each We're other. A hot dog company. The, I like that. Yes, one it's it's one bun, but we are all oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. We're gonna put that on our in our mission statement, I think. So <laughs> we are a hot dog company. We are a hot dog company. That's yeah. a, you you've read a whole uh managed restaurant management book, uh, you know, the hot dog company. That's and, it, and, that's it. Yeah, right. coming soon. If you need a if you need a forward, let me know. I, I would love so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too good. Well, you had mentioned Doug Crispin and, and when we had him on the show, I had him on to talk specifically about uh sanitation, just because it was one of those things where uh, um, you know, I figured that, you know, myself uh, wanting to learn more and getting out to the listeners on some good practices on, on you know, things. And so it was really neat to talk to him about that uh, because of that I actually went and I, I got my SurveSafe uh, certification. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, Welcome and, to the party. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was one of those things. And, and uh, you know, a, a pretty uh, easy class to move through as long as it's something you're interested in. And I, I did learn a lot. It's like, OK, this needs to be six inches off the floor. Yeah. You know, um, one of the biggest things I pulled out of there too was like, don't dry things with towels. Like air dry is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way the sanitizer works. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was kind of crazy. So, so it was just kind of neat. Those, you know, little nuances that, that, uh, uh, you know, can help and, and make yeah. it better. And, and especially when you're running things at scale, like, like Willie dogs is, you know, sanitation and process and repeatability yeah, are, consistency are key. Is key. Yeah, because yeah. other, otherwise, you know, if you if you have a willy dog on Monday and you want one next week on Thursday and you want the same one, they should taste about the same. Exactly. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah, consistency is everything in this world, um, at least at least for what we do. I mean, if I was running, you know, some three-star restaurant and my menu's changing based on what grew today, sure, yeah. that, you know, consistency kind of goes out the window. But, uh, but a lot of that, I think, comes back to that phrase, industry standard. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we have a we have another way of looking at it is um, what did you put on the what was was what you put on the plate as intended. Ah, so okay. as intended is a huge thing, right? Um, so if you intended this onion to still have some texture to it, then mm-hmm. you did it as intended. If it was supposed to be a French onion soup, then it 
better be a French onion soup because that's as intended. Yeah. Um, I think so. So focusing on those consistencies, um, focusing on um, standard recipes, standardized recipes, things of that nature um, has, has really proven, at least for Willie Dogs, to be a good portion of our success, um, especially with folks that come in from out of town. We had the College World Series or Berkshire or any other number of things that bring people to Omaha. Yeah. Um, they may not have had a Willie Dog since last year. And we know how those flavors or scents or anything can stay with you. And so if they come back and it's a completely different experience, uh, then we, we, we kind of failed at our job. So, Was there a favorite or memorable thing that you cooked in culinary school? Something wow. you really liked? Man, I, I don't know why this is such a difficult question. That's okay. I totally didn't um, prep you for this. Yeah, either, no, so, you're but. good. Um, <laughs> I think probably some of the most memorable things that I created – um, or cooked or made, whatever you'd like to call it, in culinary school. A lot of it was in that baking class. That's awesome. Um, just because it was not in my wheelhouse, I never considered myself a baker. I still don't. Um, but I've certainly got the knowledge now that I can do it, or at least I know what it should be. Yeah. Um, but I think going through that class, not being a baking type of guy, I don't bake at home. It's just not ever really been in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, and then learning from Chef Smith and getting to the point where the stuff I'm putting out is industry standard and we're right on. And more importantly, if something is wrong, I knew exactly how to fix it or what mm. went wrong in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of those, nothing necessarily specifically, but just a lot of those things were very, um, very impactful for me because like it, it was like, wow, I made that. Like I can do this. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, Probably if I had to pick the most memorable thing, I mean, I had a couple classes with Chef Chrisman in which were just yeah. an amazing, they're just a blast. Like he's just a great person to be around. And we made a lot of really good food. Shout out Moussaka. He'll know what I'm talking about. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Moussaka is like a, like an eggplant lasagna kind of uh-huh. like, I'm, you know, it's, it, loosely, but that's kind of it. Um, but in the fine dining class, uh, it's, so cool that you get to create your entire menu for yourself. So oh, cool. um, you have what we call a pre-fee night, which I'm sure you're familiar with what a pre-fee menu is. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a chef's tasting menu, if you will. Um, you do nine courses. The culinary side does five. The pastry students do four. Um, and I uh, I focused my um, my pre-fee menu on a chef uh, named Sean Sherman. Okay. Um, who is, he calls himself the Sioux Chef because he's a Lakota Sioux uh, native. Nice, nice. And he's got an amazing restaurant up in uh, Minneapolis called Awamni. Oh, um, cool. But he focuses on like pre-colonization, you know, indigenous foods. Um, and so that's what my pre was focused on. Wow. And so there was no, no pork, no beef, no chicken, um, no oils. Wow. You know, just like if it wasn't here, no dairy of any kind. So like basically if it wasn't here prior to Columbus, then it wasn't going on my menu. Um, and I think that entire menu was just, I mean, it was just an experience to create yeah. this. Um, I was fortunate that we kind of sold that out before it went to public with a lot of family and friends. And uh, we executed very well. Everything went out as intended, which is what we want. Um, but I did, you know, like a maple braised duck breast with a duckskin chicharron and griddled lion's mane. We did a cedar braised bison with a wild swirl and just all, all sorts of tasty stuff. And I think that whole night and that whole experience is probably one of the things I'm most proud of of culinary school. That's impressive. That had to be not only for yourself, for the research and delivering that, but for the people that you put food on their plate for. What an experience. That, that's, yeah. that's something that 
that's that's kind of life changing. I suppose to think about Most food definitely. in that way and from that time period. And and I mean, especially after going through all these classes and and learning how to do all these different things with all these different ingredients and having the full pantry at your disposal, and then to go, okay, I'm going to narrow this down yeah. to this. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like in our in in our personal family and in our company, um, we we try to just be a very toes in the grass, you know, uh, zen kind of kind of group. Um, yeah. Attempt to, you know, uh, we're all working on it, um, but to to really reconnect with what what food could be or what it really was. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you ask somebody what's Native American food, and they go, oh, it's you know Indian tacos. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was that was made with ingredients given to them by the U.S. government. We're talking long before that. Mm. So um, that's why we went with bison and we literally took chunks of cedar and charred it and threw it in an oven and braised it for hours on end. Wow. Um, I brined the, the duck breast within a maple brine that, that came right from trees locally, like as, as long as possible. And, and just trying to use everything that's around us um, is, is really important to us, um, even, even at Willie Dogs. I mean, that's why we focus on hyper-local and, and trying to work with as many local suppliers as we can, yeah. um, not only to keep it monetarily within our community, um, but to also show that you don't have to travel far to get good food. Like, it's all around you if you just take the time to look. I love it. I love it. And, you know, what's kind of fun with, uh, you know, cu- you finishing up culinary school, too, is like like you have sh- chef-driven hot dogs, which is just kind of a cool <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sentence yeah. in, in itself. My goodness. So, uh, you know, as we were talking here, the Willie Dogs Brick and Mortar is... Is, is still pretty new. You've had you and I were setting up this conversation, and in in that expanse of time, there are other media outlets that I mean, you've just been running and talking and yeah. and, and doing things. So, my goodness, I don't know even know if you've had time to breathe yet. But what is coming up for Willie Dogs, or you know what's happening, or is just just man, let's just get this brick and mortar running smooth and industry standard, and, <laughs> and, and you know as intended. Yeah, so. um, I, I think I think a little of both, kind of. Um, I mean, we're always looking towards the future. We're yeah. always trying to see what's next. How can we grow this thing? How can we get more involved in the community? How can we give more back? Um, so things like that, but certainly getting our standard operating procedures of this brick and mortar so that again, it's consistent and, yeah. and it's, you know, it's, we can replicate it. Um, cause maybe that's the goal eventually is a few more of these around. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but so that's certainly taken a lot of the focus. Um, we've been fortunate enough to be with Cerise Cole on cheap eats. Um, we have KETV that, uh, filmed the day that that was airing. So that'll wow. come out. Um, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but that'll come out tomorrow on Friday, whatever day that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, the world Herald has done an article on us. Wow. Um, you and Omaha, like the UNO news came and did a feature on us. Um, and it's it, the only way I can describe it as a roller coaster, no and we're kidding. just we're just holding on. But uh, <laughs> but it's it, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's been an absolute just fun time, and we're just growing every day. And um, we're working really hard to get um, get get the right people in place. Yeah. Um, culture is a huge huge part of what we do, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's important to me. Um, how it feels to go to Willie Dogs, mm. whether as an employee or as a customer, um, that's that's a huge part of what we do. We we present an experience, not just a not just a hot dog, um, and yeah. so focusing on those things um, has been the primary focus right now. Um, again, other than that, just kind of holding on. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is that is so much to to wrangle. And, and <laughs> like you said, you you know, you, you've got a family and yep, have that. Who's my know. wife's an OPS teacher. So we're sitting in an amazing uh, building down here at the TAC building. And we my are. wife, uh, my wife teaches here at the Omaha Virtual School. So that's wild. So, yeah. I, <laughs> you know, we started kind of early on and, and we had used that phrase hyper local. And it's so interesting, not only, uh, you know, ties to the educational community, uh, going to culinary school here um, and and you know the ingredients you're using and things you you really live and breathe that word it's not just something you mentioned to me in 2022 right you yeah know? no it's 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 really important to me like i said not only to keep uh, monetarily keep it in within the community but um just just to continue to grow the community and give back as much as we can um and so with that we are a very 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 much an omaha company um we live and breathe the city and so one of the number one questions that we get all the time is, do you guys do a Chicago dog? No. <laughs> no, we don't. I love Chicago dogs when I'm in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I love New York dogs when I'm in New York. Um, it's just not uh, what we set out to do to replicate anybody else or any other city. We wanted to put Omaha on the map. Um, and so listeners, that's the reason. I, They're delicious, just not for us. <laughs> I, I'm glad you answered that question because uh, it, it's one of those things, and I don't know if it's the Midwestern niceness in us sometimes, but it's like people will say, there's nothing to do in Omaha, or Omaha doesn't have its own pizza. And I think some of it might be that we're afraid to put our stake in the ground and say, this is our yeah. Omaha thing. Come to us and right. come see us and enjoy what we have. And my gosh, with the Culinary Institute, the number of James Beard nominated chefs that we have. Um, incredible. An Omaha original hot dog. Um, you know, this is a pretty special place. Yeah. And, and I know we're flyover country, but, you know, we should be a destination. Come and see us. We, we've got Absolutely. some pretty amazing things here. We just had uh, four, I think four, if, if my math is right, depending on when this episode comes out, um, restaurants from Omaha and diners, drive-ins and knives yeah. on, on Food Network. Yeah. We're doing things here. Back to back. back Multiple to, episodes. Yeah. And and years before even that, um, uh, Big Mama's was on, yeah. on the show. Oh, uh, Big Mama's. Uh, <sighs> so delicious. I love yeah, that, that chicken and that mm-hmm. mac and cheese is phenomenal. It's not a bad bite. For, for sure. Um, you know, and Dixie Quicks now closed, but they I think they were on there. Yeah, uh, that's Amato's right. now closed was on there. Yeah. Um, so uh, if, you know, those closures that I just, make sure you support your local places, please, because you want them to be around. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so an amazing place. And I love that you are putting the the Willie Dogs flag in the ground saying this is our Omaha dog, collaborating, making that hyper local yeah. thing and uh, uh, and providing an experience. So it's not just a hot dog, it's it's a Willie Dog. <laughs> yeah, it's it's most definitely an experience. And, and that's what we've always set out to do is connect with our customers, connect with the community, and uh, again, just be hyper local and feed, you know, just stay present where our feet are. I love it. I love it. And that's, man, see, I'm, 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 this is all part of that, that book that you're going to have to come out with here. Uh, <laughs> so if folks want to know what is going on with Willie Dogs in case you, you know, you said you run some specials sometimes, yeah. you know, your, your soul of a chef is probably going to come out here and be like, <laughs> I'm going to do something different today. Um, how can people see what's happening, what's going on, and what is the official location of the brick and mortar? Yeah, absolutely. So we're on, you know, the major social medias. We're on Willie, or no, Willie Dogs. <laughs> we're on Instagram, X, uh, I think it's called now, and Facebook. Yep. Uh, and it's just Willie Dogs Omaha, W-I-L-L-I-E. 
um, DOGS Omaha on all of those. Um, you can also go to willydogs.com. Um, and then, so no, it's not a franchise. This is just us. You can go to willydogs.com. Um, and uh, yeah, so we are always kind of posting out there. We're trying to be as active as we can on social media. Um, and our brick and mortar um, that we just opened less than a month ago is in Inner Rail over in Exarbon Village. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is 1911 uh, South 67th Street. Well played. Um, it's really awesome. There's, I mean, it's just a really cool food hall where there's not a bad bite in the house. There's a, the backstretch bar. There's no name coffee, um, Zaytuna. Oh, that's my guys. Love it. Um, and there's, it's surrounded by parking garages. So you don't even have to walk outside if you don't want to. And they're free. And they're free. <laughs> Very free all the time. That is, that is my favorite price. So you can, <laughs> you can get an extra, you know, you can get a side of Momo with your, with your Willie dogs. That's say, it. Yeah. With your parking money there. So. Well, and they're redoing the little outdoor patio now. So oh. it's going to have a big pergola over it with uh, heat bars and everything. Thing. So oh, trying nice. to make it a, a, a more than a three season type of type of spot. So and with that, this uh, again, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but the last weekend for the Sunny's Bar over there um, is this coming weekend from when we're <laughs> recording this. Um, so you'll get your chance to grab some Willie Dogs and roast them over an open fire over oh, there. Oh, cool! Oh, that's so, kind of a cool collab. Yeah, I, I like that. Move. Very much so. Very nice. Well, it, it has been so awesome to talk to you. My uh, honor. Uh, wonderful. It was so nice to meet you in 2022. Uh, um, at uh, on National Hot Dog Day, so that was super cool. Um, and and thanks for spending time with me. Thanks for sharing your story. Uh, what a great story from from cart to culinary to <laughs> brick and mortar, and it's fantastic. So Ryan Berry, thank you so much for being with us from Willie Dogs. Thank you so much, David. It's been my honor. Oh, fantastic. Well, as we say, until we eat again, stay hungry. Bye bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Saturday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.